Hello everyone, this is Kyle Galaz with Poor to Pro Car Sales Training Podcast. Become a sales titan. We are in season four, episode three. We are continuing the one-on-one training sessions that I got to do with people around the world. This particular episode is with Rick Pena out of the East Coast here in the USA. And he had three or four topics that he wanted to get better at. He wanted to elevate in his sales skills and his career. So we got to do this awesome one-on-one. If you guys want to do a one-on-one training session, message me. We'll set it up. It's a one-hour Zoom session. And I get to give you the video to the session so you can watch it over and over. Really pick apart what we're talking about when we set these game plans up. Season 4 has two slots left. If you want to be a part of Season 4, get a hold of me and we'll set up a one-on-one training session. You pick three to four topics and let's elevate your game. Let's elevate your sales skills. Okay, so I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Before this episode starts, I have a huge announcement. It's epic. It's big. Porta Pro just released on Amazon its daily workbook. The daily workbook is something that you can have in your hands every day to ensure success, to ensure sales. It's a formula that you use every day to sell more cars, to make more money. And and Kyle Galaz, me, and Porta Pro gets to be with you at your dealership every single day. Go to Amazon. The link is in the description of this podcast episode, and I'm going to put it in the other episodes also, so you can't miss it. What a tiny investment for such a huge return, a return on yourself, a return on your career, a return in your income, a return in future promotions, right? There's more to it than just, oh, it helped me sell a couple more cars. No, it's setting you up for life. A couple people have already received their workbooks and they sent me pictures of them holding it. Please, if you get a workbook, send me pictures of you holding it. What's really cool is the feedback I've already gotten from some people that have gotten it already. I don't know how they got it so fast. Um, Amazon Prime maybe, overnight shipping, a drone, who knows how they got it. But what I can't wait for is at the end of the month when this workbook is all scratched up and used up and there's pen ink everywhere and pages have been used and torn, how much money did was actually made that month? How many car sales? I want to see those pictures of the end of the month when you've used this workbook every single day. It's the formula to sell more cars, so make sure you guys get your copy. The link to Amazon is in the the episode description. That is my huge news. I'm going to run the promo ad that I made right here after I get done talking, and then this episode with Rick Pena is about to start. I appreciate you guys' all your support. Kudos to you for finding this podcast, and kudos to you for hiring me for these one-on-one training sessions. It tells me that a lot of salespeople out there want to get better in the car business. They want to go to the next level, and better than that, they want to have a a lasting, long, uh, successful career in the car business, and I'm glad I get to be a part of your journey. Thank you guys so much. Hello everyone, this is Kyle Galaz with Porta Pro Car Sales Training Podcast. Become a sales titan. The big announcement is finally here. This announcement allows me, Kyle Galaz, and Porta Pro to be with you every single day to make sure you're on your way to becoming a sales titan and making over $100,000 a year. And here it is, the Porta Pro Daily Workbook. 72 glorious pages to help you sell more cars. Literally, the world's smallest investment with the world's biggest return. Yes, you're going to sell more cars. Yes, you're going to make more money. But better than both of those things, you're going to become a better salesperson. This workbook is also going to allow you to figure out what it takes for you as an individual to sell a car. Don't leave your career and your day to chance. 
Chance doesn't pay bills. Also, in the back of the book, there's a page with a QR code that you scan that will take you to unlisted videos for workbook owners only. Click the link, get your copy, Sales Titans Unite. We are live. This is Kyle Galaz with Poor to Pro Car Sales Training Podcast. And I get to do an awesome one-on-one with a gentleman out of the East Coast named Rick. Rick, why don't you tell us about yourself? Uh, so, hi, everybody. I'm Rick Pena, um, short for Eric. Um, I work uh, at Abeloff Nissan down in uh, Bartonsville, PA. I actually just started the car business about, uh, I don't know, um, March or February of this year. Uh, prior to working there, I actually worked at uh, at a Mazda dealership down in Allentown, PA, which is pretty good. And that's how I got to start my got my start uh, at the car business. I worked in sales for over over ten years. Uh, I worked for a telemarketing co- company, two telemarketing commu- uh, co- companies. Um, did that for ten years, and then now that I'm doing car sales, to be completely honest with you, uh, I. I thinking back to like why didn't I do this a lot sooner than I should have you know even now I talked to like I actually spoken to one of my old colleagues who actually still works where I used to work and the first thing I told him was dude car sales car sales so like that's where it is uh him and also another buddy of mine as well who also does sales I don't know what he does telemarketing tele- telecommunications or something like that too also same deal I was like dude you're handsome you could <laughs> you could be a car salesman easy no problem and the money is just it's there. It's a hundred percent there. But yeah, that's uh, pretty much it. And I currently live in uh, Pennsylvania. I used to be from Jersey, originally from New York City. So that's uh, for that. Isn't that good? That's good. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Do you work today? Did you go to a dealership today? No, no, no. Today's Sunday, so our dealerships are closed on Sundays. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Some some dealerships are closed. Some are open on Sunday. But the fact of the matter is, Rick, you're you're and I say this in my podcast, you're off duty right now. You could be playing video games. You could be watching movies. You could be on a date. You could be doing all this, but because you're new to the car business, you want to get better and you're actually spending time and money to get better, which tells me you're ready to go to the next level. You you don't want to be stagnant because we've all met the stagnant salesman that, that it's like, what are you doing in the car business still? If you hate it that much, you know, that's all they talk about how much they hate it, but you meet people like you and me, and we can't get enough of it, right? It's because we love what we do and we see the value in in the um in the car business. So I appreciate you you doing this and I'm glad I get to meet you. So um you actually gave me the idea for that last podcast, um controlling the customer. And did you get to listen to it a little bit or the whole thing? No, I listened to I listened to the whole thing. Um at that point, like uh like I got the if I gave the, I, I got the idea because uh, prior to that, like I got chewed out by one of my bosses because I didn't know how to control the customers. Like, you know what that shows me? Show, why does this, why is the customer sitting down? Why is the customer just walking the showroom? Why is he not like paying attention? What this shows me is that you have no control of the customer. You have no right. control. So that I started, you know, started thinking about it. It was just like, oh, like. Like I, I understand what he's saying in terms of like, you know, how to have the customer sit down. And since that last conversation, I've gotten a little bit better of uh, what you said in the podcast, like make yourself valuable, make yourself um, interesting enough for people to follow you, like make yourself important so people can follow you, that you know the information, you're the professional, you know what's best. So when a customer, now when I see a customer on the lot, 
and they ask me, hey, how much is for this car? How much is for that car? Like I instantly know now on just on that last podcast that you did. Um, oh, okay. Like, it's not just a matter of like giving you that information. It's a matter of like, Hey, you know, you want that information. I can give you more information. If you actually come inside of yourself and you, you step in, you know, I'll go through the whole process with you and I'll explain to you how much this car costs, how many miles are on this car, which car actually fits you guys, you know? Yeah. So, and I started using that like in the last couple of days. And to be honest, like <laughs> for the last, what we're on was Sunday. I closed one Saturday. I didn't get any action on Friday because it was completely dead. But prior to that, Thursday, Wednesday, and Monday, one car each of those nice. days. Yeah. That's when I released the episode. No, I can't take all the credit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I, when I talk to my guys that I work with at the dealership, I tell them, it, all this is already in you, okay? It's it just you met somebody that can help bring it out. I'm not reinventing sales. I'm just... I'm just helping you find that talent in you and just find easier ways to the sale. Um, so don't, don't think that, oh, that stuff wasn't already in Rick. It was in you. We just needed to fine tune those tools to get you to sell and get you to understand what those customers are really saying. And I left a couple things out of the podcast, that episode, so I can bring them up to you here. And one of them, we were talking about taking control. So I used to get grilled all the time too from my sales managers when I was new. I I was yelled at, get control of your customers because you know that was 20 years ago, but I, I remember the feeling. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. I'm getting yelled at. And one yeah. of the things in my career I always want is, okay, you can tell me once, and you're not going to have to tell me again, because I'm not the caliber that you get to yell at me. That's not me. No, no manager gets to yell at Kyle. Sorry. Yeah. It's just not who I am. And the same thing for you. You're at a caliber and an age where it's like, you don't get to yell at me. I mean, I, I'm a professional salesman. No one yells at me, but they're, they're not really yelling. They're more of like, Hey, get control of your customer. Gosh, dang it. Or whatever they're saying. Yeah. But, but they're really, if they take a little bit of time to, to show you your sales managers know how to do it. I, I'm not discrediting them at all. Um, there's a reason why they're there. So they just need to tell you some of this stuff. But one of the things I left out was, um, remember I said, be worth following? Yes. In yes. the podcast. The, the next one I want, want to add to that, be worth following. And I wrote it down here. And customers will listen to your commands. Okay. So I'm going to give you an example. If you go into a, a doctor's office, and, and you go up to the window and say, hey, I'm here to see uh, uh, Dr. Pena, okay? Yeah. What, and the lady says, okay, fill this out. Do you argue with her or go wander the, the parking lot? No, no, that's, that's so ridiculous. Yeah, so just based on the fact that she's the receptionist and I'm here to do something I came to do, like, because most majority of customers, they, they come in and they either don't know exactly what it's like to, you know, what they're doing, but they know they have an idea that they want to buy a car so you're not like analogy of like you're the professional you know what's yeah. best here you know come with me i have all the information that you're looking for it's just 
Yeah, exactly. There's no way I'm going to go into the doctor's office with a broken arm or or a hurt kidney and, and the receptionist lady that that makes 15 bucks an hour, whatever her hourly wage is, tells me, hey, I need you to fill out this form. And I'm going to say, well, hold on, let me let me think about it. Let me let me go. Hold on. And you go on a lot. And the doctor comes out and says, well, get control of your customer. Right. The reason why that doesn't happen at a doctor's office is because, first, you're pretty upfront of why you're there. OK, um, they, they there's a reason why you're there, right? No different than a customer. There's a reason why they're at your dealership. But they also see that receptionist as a path to what they need to be done. They, they she is a she's a valuable person because without filling this paperwork out, you don't get to see the doctor. Well, that's how you need to position yourself as not just a car salesman, because a lot of people look down at us car sales. Oh, you're a used car salesman or you're a car salesman. Okay, no, time out. That's you may think that's what I am, but I, I'm not. Wait till you see my services, then you'll know that. Oh yeah, Rick is different. That's he's not a car. He's a professional. Go see this guy. So you're you're the um, you're the person in between. What they want to do is is it, fulfill their dreams of buying a beautiful car, right? A beautiful new Nissan, and or, or even a pre-owned vehicle. So. It's just, it's no different for you. You're not the receptionist, of course. You're more the doctor, but you can see that you wouldn't argue at it with at a, uh, at the receptionist desk with the paperwork. You just do it because you know that that is she's a professional. This is how I get my work done. So that's how you need to be viewed by your customers, and you do that by by being worth the following part: being valuable enough as a salesperson. It's like, hey, I, babe, we we can't buy a car. We, we need this guy. Right. But the only way that works is if you show how valuable you are, how, show how professional you are. And it sounds like you are on the right path because at the end of Be Worth Following and your customers will take commands or listen to your commands. Now you've established that you are a professional, you know what you're doing, you're not goofing around. And then when you say, hey, I need you guys to stay at my desk because it's time sensitive. Because if I go to my sales manager, work these numbers and come back and you're gone, then you get out of our like queue system to, to go faster. So I, I just need you guys to stay put for a few minutes. You gave them a reason why you're telling them to sit down, right? You're not just saying stay here because people don't like commands, right? Just like a toddler doesn't. So, but they like commands when there's a reason behind it. Hey, I don't want you guys to lose your, your spot in getting approved and all that finance stuff. So make sure you guys stay right here. I'll be right back. Guess where those people will be when you're, when you're back with the pencil or the structure? They're sitting right there. Because they don't want to lose the queue in the line. It's like a, getting in line for McDonald's in the drive-thru. If you pull out to the side to think about it or wander the lot, you lose your spot. So make an example of, a, of that, like the drive-through or make it make sense of why you're telling them to sit down. And then they'll listen to your commands because you've established yourself as a professional, okay? So people don't listen to commands from, um, it, how old are you, Rick, if you don't mind me asking? 35. Okay, so you're 35 years old. If a, if a 19 year old uh, salesman right out of high school doesn't set himself up as a professional and you're visiting his dealership or a furniture store and he starts telling you stuff to do hey you need to sit down but you but he hasn't established anything and he's only 19 what is your initial reaction going to be as a human being hey, no who, who the hell are you ladies you know it's automatic. <laughs> you're automatic oh man that's me being a new yorker too it's just like no like why why am i sitting down to talk to you especially if he hasn't established himself yeah, as, yeah. As, 
professional. He just comes in and has your typical 19 year old attitude or something like that. Me being 35, I'm just going to look at him like, yeah. Okay. 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 So now think about the 50 year old guy that visits your Nissan store. You're 15 years younger than him. He's has way more life experience than you. He probably has half a million in liquid assets, right? And then he's going to take commands from a 35 year old Rick that hasn't established, established himself as, as the, the big dog at the dealership. And, you know, without being an alpha, you don't want to ever sound like the alpha, like, oh, this is what we're going to do. It, that's not what I mean. I mean, building enough value to where you don't have to be like that. The, the real alphas can, can say it without saying it, yeah. right? So when you establish yourself as, oh, Rick is, is the, the top dog around here. He's amazing. Yeah, this is the guy. That 50-year-old is going to listen to you and follow your commands. So if that 19-year-old salesman that you first think is a punk tells you, hey, I'm pretty new here. Um, this is my first week at the furniture store, and I'm just doing what I was told. And my boss said, hey, when these customers come in, make sure you show them all the couches because you don't want them to pick one out and it's the wrong one. So you just got to bear with me while I do my job. Now, if the 19-year-old told you that, Rick, would you be more inclined to listen to him? Yeah, it'd be a little bit more like sympathetic towards him. Like, oh, okay, he's new. He doesn't know. Well, around, let's let me humor him at the very least for a little bit, or at the very least, you know, let me, let's hear him out and see what he says. Yeah. So now, you you gave him a, an opportunity, right? So because he 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 said enough to where he earned Rick's opportunity to look at some furniture, uh -huh. and and now he he's opened a little like wedge into your heart, and now he can start working on it and chipping on it and and start growing that. And then 30 minutes into the process, he's got you laying on a bed, right? Under some blankets, cause he's that good of a salesman. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, but, but you started listening to those commands cause he started building that value up in himself. So you already know that the right tracks to commanding the, cu the customer controlling the customer. You just have to think of creative ways to get them to listen to you and listen to your commands. And the first one we've established already in this episode, this video is you got to put yourself at that professional level to where they're like, okay, I'm with the right guy. Because at that point you can tell them to do anything and they're going to do it. Have you ever tried getting a, a customer in the trunk of a car yet? No, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I got inside one and it was just like, Oh wow. There's a lot of space back here. Yeah. How tall are you? I'm six one. Like, oh wow. There is a lot of space down here. <laughs> So, so you've, you've done things like that, like a salesman, right? But try to get a customer in a trunk, right? Not, you're not grandma, of course, and not, you know, someone that's in a suit, but if they got kids say, Hey, I want to, after you've established the relationship and the, and the confidence level with them, they'll yeah. do anything you ask them to not to humiliate them, but show them, Hey, is your son over here? Hey, come on over here. I want, I want to show you guys something, jump in the trunk. And if you built that level, they're going to get right in. You can really do anything. Get in the back of this truck bed. Let's climb up here with the tailgate step. And and I want to show you some of the stuff that's in this bed. And they get up and climb into the bed. That's controlling the customer. Okay. You can't say that when you first meet and greet them because you haven't built that yet. You haven't built that level yet. So can you see how the 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 pathway goes to building that confidence in you and, and the customer, the professional level that they see you as not a car salesman, they see you as a professional. And yeah. then, and then the next step is they'll listen to anything you tell them. Mm -hmm. uh, there's been moments where like, um, I've earned just their respect just based on how I treat their children. Like the kids end up liking me 
and they're just like oh i love this car and just like yeah and i'll start talking because i'm pretty good with kids um so i'll shift my attention to them and then the mom is just like oh you're really good it's like then they end up either like listening to what i'm saying or they end up like purchasing at the end of the day just yeah. based on the, the kids and that shows you how important rapport is rapport remember if you look at a percentage of a, of a car deal 100 percent, this is 100 percent 80 percent of it this whole giant chunk of this whole car deal is how much they like you the 80 percent 20 percent is the actual car because how many how many times have you sold somebody just because they liked you man we were at the other dealership and uh they had a cool truck a good price but man we didn't like that guy so they based not buying the right truck and the right price on the sales guy and they, that's why they left so so you must be good at building rapport if, you, if you're getting compliments from from customers so think about there here's the hundred percent my whole screen is the car deal this much of it is is how much they like you trust you like the dealership trust the dealership rapport okay that 20 percent is the actual car in the numbers the more work you do outside the easier it is closing the deal on the inside do spend more time outside spend more product building outside presentation outside do more outside and then when you come inside it'll be much easier to close your deal okay so that kind of takes care of um taking control of the customers do you see do, do you have any comments or questions on on that no i mean like since your last podcast like i mentioned i i have um learned how to like be a little bit more in control of of my customers all right here hello there mama <laughs> hi but yeah, you know, she, the, the but car, we, go ahead I've, go ahead Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I've I've learned. Um, I've I've since the last podcast, I have learned of uh, be more worth following, basically to, to like learn how to be a professional. Because at the end of the day, like, I've only been doing this for six months, and my product knowledge is it's coming along with what I'm doing. So like, I know most of the trucks or cars that I have out there. Like, I know like like by heart because I've driven them also like myself like a couple of times, a handful of times. Um. So I believe that 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 to be that sales guy, to be that professional, it call comes down to like product knowledge. Because the more that you know about the car or what your inventory is, like the easier it becomes at the end of the day. Yep. We're going to talk about that, too, in the because you wanted to talk about how does a newbie sell a car every day? We're going to do that subject last, though. So uh, let's get into the second the second thing you, you talked about, and that was uh, Middle Eastern customers. Okay, so there's a there's people from around the world that are in the USA. Okay, and our job as salespeople is is to figure out each path to every sale. So the way I sell you, if you, if Rick came onto my dealership and was looking at an Alfa Romeo or a Maserati, I have to find the unique path for Rick to buy the car. And if another customer comes in right after Rick and I try to use the path I use to Rick to close them and sell that car, would it work? I don't think so. No, everyone's different, right? We all look different. We all sound different. We all smell different. We all have different social security numbers. We are different people. So when you are helping different people, you have to find different ways to close them. And uh, Middle, East, Middle Eastern people, you have to go back and figure out why they are 
the way they are and why they're tougher to close. Do you, can we agree that they're pretty tough to close? They're very tough to close. Incredibly yeah. tough. Yeah. And even prior to car sales in general, like I would think, cause I did over the phone sales and when I got them, it was almost like, it, it's always a be back. It's always I have to call them back or it's always I have to think about it. It's always the same thing. And then I would think that face-to-face -face sales would be a little bit more cause I'm a very genuine person. I could, I could portray, like I could, person could sense when they know that I'm trustworthy even doing it face to face is kind of like oh well you know we'll think about it or whatever the case may be I've yet I have yet to close one yet too so like and I've had a handful of them come in that's why I text you that question and like even my bosses would tell me he's like hey these are the toughest ones to set to close like you have to come up with a different way a different avenue of how to get them because they're they're just programmed I guess and I don't mean to sound like you know, stereotypical or anything like that, but they're most of them are programmed to like, um, not not border. What's the word I'm looking for? To negotiate with you a lot of the time. Like it's just like, oh, I'll give you such and such for it. It's just like, hey, listen, I, I don't control the pricing of the car. I can't, you know, I can't just be like, oh, sure, no problem. Like, I'll knock out seven thousand dollars off the car. Like it doesn't right. work. Yeah. So like things like that is when I was having a hard time, and then like the last couple of times that I've had a Melissa customer, like my boss, he's not surprised that I closed it because I'm also a newbie, but he's also, he's like, listen, man, the day you close them is the day that you're, you're a real good sales guy. He's like, because <laughs> it's very tough to get to get to them. And I, I now I know why. Yeah. We'll definitely t talk about that right now. So um, I, I got a story back when I, I was probably um 13 years in the car business at that, at this time, maybe 14. So this is seven, eight years ago. And we had a Middle Eastern gentleman in the dealership with his family looking at a brand new Ford. I worked at a Ford store back then in Bakersfield, California. And it wasn't my customer. I was turned to this customer because they were, the, the salesman that was helping them was fighting with the guy in the office. Literally, they were like scream yelling back and forth, okay? But the difference was when when, I, when the manager came out and said, Kyle, I need you to go take over this car deal and help help the salesman, help the customer, okay? So they're, they're just going to toe-to-toe -to -toe in there. I'm like, okay, no problem. So, so the manager went in there, got the salesman out. Here's the difference, okay? They were both scream yelling at each other. The salesman was heated, sweaty. Uh, he looked like he was ready to go to blows, right? Trade blows. So then I go in the office. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I don't want to do this. I sit down and the and the customer, the Middle Eastern dude is just like, well, hi, who are you? So it told me right then and there, that's normal for him. The, 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 the salesman was all heated and melted down, but the Middle Eastern guy, it wasn't yelling when I went in there. I realized that it's just, they were just loud talking, right? They just happened to be kind of by the showroom. It wasn't physical yelling like, ah. It was just high level negotiating, real loud. And I went in there and realized these Middle Eastern Eastern people, this is just their normal, their normal routine when they negotiate. And we take it as salesmen, as insults, and we take it in as as uh, oh man, these guys are so hard to deal with because of the way they do stuff. We take it how they aren't actually putting it out. Because if you look at a lot of these cultures around the world, these people are, are fighting to just get food when they're young. Like they're not fighting to get Nike shoes. These people grew up fighting to get food on their table. And so every everything they did to, to eat that day was they had to negotiate, man. They, they started the day off with 
something that was almost worthless. And then they, at the end of the day, they had a meal for their family. So if you start sympathizing with how they grew up and where their culture is from and how tough they had it growing up, then it makes the negotiating part a little bit easier because you don't get emotionally involved with what they're doing. You won't get heated. You won't get beaten down. You can kind of box it into to, this is just how they negotiate. I don't need to take it personally because I've, I've taken it personally with with the Middle Eastern guys because in California, they're all over. Teach their own, man. They, they earn the right. Um, so I used to take it personally and get all hot and bothered. I don't want to sell them a car. Get them out of here in my head, you know. Yeah. Um, can't necessarily say that but but then as I got better and, and more in the car business and more experience I realized I just box in this little thing we call negotiation with these guys and not get emotionally involved because what they're watching is your emotional cues when they say these things take seven thousand off he knows he's not getting seven grand what he's doing is seeing if there's any chinks in your armor to maybe he can get the seven grand off he knows it's not there right? How many times does a, a Nissan Altima have $7,000 of profit in it? <laughs> Guess what? They've owned 30 in their family. They already know that there's not seven grand. But if you can throw a crazy number out there and see some chinks in your armor, like, well, we don't got seven, but we got, we might be able to do four. We'll go talk to your manager, right? The, you notice they say that a lot. Go, go ask your manager. Yeah, go talk to them. See, you know you can make something happen for us. You know you can do that. You know, come on, man. You know you can make something happen. It's like, hey, listen, it's, it's not there. Yeah. <laughs> the market, man. What do you What do you want us to do? Oh, okay, well, if that's the case, then I'll, I'll just call back. I'll come back to some other time where you have more rebates or when you have a deal going on or something like that. It's always something along the lines of that. Yeah, So, so part of their negotiation is – they throw out a crazy number because they want to see if there's chinks in your armor. That is your moment to show no, no, no chinks in your armor, no dents and dings, man, that you're a professional and you have to actually stand your ground with these guys. Okay. And you do that by saying, no, I'm not going to go talk to my manager about that. I already know that I don't have 7,000. I'm not going to even, yeah, I'm not going to even go in there when he you're ready to. He's, he's the, I'm sorry to cut, you, cut you off. He's, no, he just says that, that, Second, that I was done with him, he's like, you have to be the master of the word no with him. Mm-hmm. You have to be, stand your ground and say no. They ask for this off. No, I'm not going in there to talk to the bosses to look like an idiot. I know, I know that as the professional, I know that there's no $7,000 to take off the car. We know that. The first thing they bring into our head is just like, no, cars are our market value. Anybody ask for a discount? It's a no. It's a no. Okay, so now here's the the trick to the to the to these guys. Okay, is when when they would tell me that, go tell your boss seven thousand, and I would stand my ground. I would tell them, no, I'm not going to go. And I'm sorry. It's just I know there's not that money in it. It's we never had that kind of money in it. You know, there's not that kind of money in it, right? You've bought how many of these cars? You've owned twenty Altimas or or whatever you're driving. You know, there's not seven thousand in it. What's the real number? And you got to do this back and forth thing for their, for their, um, like for their fulfillment, you, because that's what they're used to is negotiating, negotiating back and forth. So you have to play the game a little bit. That doesn't mean go back and forth to your manager, but you need to do this back and forth because they need that to feel like they're winning. And then when, and when they get a little bit closer to reality, right, you're not going to let them blow out of your office right? Because there is a car deal there. You're, what you're going to do is say, 
I need a real number from you. I'm not going in there with 7,000 up. I'm sorry. I, I know better. And you know better. And then you say, I need a real number from you. Something that, that you're going to say, hey, let's I'll buy the car right now if you can do this. It's not 7,000 off. I'm sorry. And I'll sit here and, and we'll figure this out. And you guys do this little back and forth. Okay, 6,000. Mm, 500, right? Uh, 5,500. It's going to take time. It doesn't go that fast, obviously. You're going to have to talk. She's going to look at his wife. Well, we're going to leave then. No, you're not going anywhere. Bear with me. I'm trying to figure something out. You came to me for help. I'm going to help you, but you have to be realistic. If you want me to be realistic, you need to be realistic. And you do the back and forth thing. And then you say, okay, hold up. If he truly starts getting up, let me go talk to my manager now, because now you're being reasonable with me. Even if it's not reasonable, you still got to go touch the desk, right? Yeah. And you're going to go into the desk and tell them exactly what happened. Cause the more information the desk has, the better they can help you. Okay. And you're not going to give them your best price right out the first pencil or the second pencil. Okay. And the increments you need to, you need to do, if, if you do have to give a discount or do show some rebate money that maybe you're sandbagging is you're going to give them 250 or you're going to give them 100. And because they're going to want this giant discount and you're barely moving here, then that needle starts kind of getting closer and closer until you can find that middle ground. But they need to feel for them, for that person to buy the Middle Eastern guy, they have to feel like they won. You're not going to sell them unless if, if you think you're winning, they're not buying. If you feel beaten up, sweaty, and tired, and but but it's they feel like they won, they're probably going to buy the car. Okay. Um, yes, they are a, a, a tougher customer, but you have to understand where they come from and why they negotiate like that. They were negotiating like that to live. So it's ingrained in their DNA and to each their own. I actually complimented the guy that was in that salesman's office. I'm like, man, I like people like you. What? He's never heard that before from a car salesman. I go, iron sharpens iron. The tougher you are on me, the better I'm going to get. By the end of this process, I'm going to be closing you on three cars, right? And we start laughing because now I complimented him, which he's never got from a salesman before. And now he's starting to see me a little bit more as a human being, not just a salesman robot. Okay, so you can compliment these guys. I got a couple things I wrote, I wrote down. Compliment them, stand your ground, and learn from them. They are master negotiators because most of the time they get what they want or get darn close to it. And they have the ability to walk away from a deal. That's the number one enemy to a car salesman is a customer that's willing to walk away from any deal that's not theirs, right? That's a tough one to close because they don't actually need a car right now. They'd like to have a new car, but their car's fine. Well, our car's fine. We'll wait for the right deal. Isn't that a hard one to close? Yeah, and I mean, like in situations like that, like how how would you control them? Like there's no there's no wiggle when there's no wiggle room in the price when there's just after going that back and forth. Like I'm not gonna go back to my boss and I'm not gonna tell him to knock this down because it's just not there. It's not gonna happen. Oh well, you know we'll, we'll come back with some other times in that moment. At that moment, when you feel like you've lost control of this guy and he's about to get up and he's about to walk out of here, how can I? Hey, hold on, you know, sit back down. Let's let me talk to this guy. Like, what am I gonna say to the boss at this point? At this yeah. time, nothing for me to like. I'm not gonna, I know me, Rick knows that I'm not gonna there's no there's no wiggle room price. It isn't yeah. gonna happen. No matter what number he throws at me, it isn't gonna happen. So, how do I keep him in my seat? How do I 
keep him still interested in this deal? How do I keep them from getting up and just walking out? Yeah. So this is, this, this goes back to the buildup to this desk. In some of my episodes, I talk about if you wait to get to the desk to close a deal, it's too late. You're now it's all about the dollar. So what a lot of people make a mistake on, on the Middle Eastern or some of these other people from different countries that negotiate tough is they let that customer dictate from the moment they came in how the sale's going to go. So when the, when the guy came in, I don't need a test drive. I've already had three of them. And we say, okay, right? And we don't build value and we don't do all those things leading up to that point because what can sell a car to these guys when you have no more money, when the manager says, literally, I cannot do another penny. What, what gets you over that hump is how much they like you and how much they're going to be okay with spending a little bit more because you're going to ask them, hey, I did everything right on this car lot with you. I, I've shown you the car. Don't you see any value in that? Or is it just dollars only? Because I have a feeling that if you worked really hard and, you, and someone asked you to do some work around their business or something, and then they said, you know what, I'm not going to pay you. How would you feel? And what you're trying to do is humanize the scenario, not just make it a business transaction. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to download the new Bumble now. Action, but that doesn't work unless you've done those things before. So when the when the Middle Eastern guy comes in, don't let him dictate anything. I can't work numbers unless you drive the car. I already have one. I, I know how it drives. I'm sorry, I cannot work numbers. My boss will crucify me in there. I just can't. All right, let's go drive it. Then he builds a little emotional value in the car. Okay, so. The, those steps of the sale, you cannot skip with the Middle Eastern guy. They'll want you to go right to the numbers because they already know the car. They know they have one, right? So do you notice they want to skip steps when you help them? Yeah, they start like, like oh, well, how much for that? How much for this? Oh, no, 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 just, just out the door. How much for that? It's just like, uh, well, there's a little bit more to this. You know, I can't just blurt out a price and that's it. And like, we're, we're, we're right on it. Like, no, like let's let's and that's where I'm, I'm a little rusty on like when i hear it and, and it's not just not just middle east middle eastern folk it's a few people even aggressive yeah. folk like they, they they'll come up hey how much for that oh uh that's going for such and such okay like what about this and this like what about warrants what about this it's like oh wait like even like i said now when i'm out there a lot and i'm talking to a customer sometimes i'm blurting out this information subconsciously there's just not not thinking about like oh i'm already giving him what he wants right I withhold some information here and like make him like hey hold on all right listen like i know you're interested in this car Let, let's go inside let me get you some more information and see if this car actually works for you otherwise we have something else that actually might work it might not actually work in your favor you want to go inside and that's how i'm slowly starting to build but occasionally especially when i'm caught with my pants down or like like i'm doing a walk a lot walking and the customer's there early in the morning before we're even opening i'm like oh wait hold on oh he's asking me for price oh it's like his customer like hold on i have to mentally all right hold on yeah get your zen yeah yeah <laughs> hold on all right and then like let me put the mask on because in the morning when i'm doing a lot walking I'm doing a lot walk i'm just checking out the inventory that's there i'm not expecting a customer but it has happened in the past yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, you made a good point because it's not just Middle Eastern. There's a lot of good negotiators out there, right? They just happen to be um, every single one of them meets a, a tough negotiator. But any negotiating, they they you have to you have to present yourself as the professional, no matter what from the very beginning, even the way you greet the customer, because they're gonna customers that think of you at their level or even higher will will be okay with spending a little bit more money because you've built rapport they absolutely love you you've done everything right you haven't shortcut they want you to shortcut but really they don't they they need somebody to show them all the features of the car and do a proper walk around yeah they, even if they say we know the car no you don't i do hours of online certification and i still don't know the car how in the world do you know the car right you can think, but that's reality. They don't know the car, even when they say it. So you have to slow, slow them down and say, if they, let's, let's go work the numbers. I can't work the numbers. I have to make sure that this is the right car for you. Oh, I already know this car. Do you? Let me just go over a few new things that they've updated. And that's when you use your product experience and product knowledge to, to show them new things that they didn't know, and then start building the friend. Because when you come into the office to work the numbers, everything's that much easier. But there, there's no, uh, and I've, I've preached this for years, there's no magic close, okay? That when you're in the desk with a customer, there is no magic close that a sentence that you can say that closes the deal. That's part of the no trick trick close that I use on my other episode. But, no. um, but, but there, there really isn't. And so those people are unique characters that you have to find that path with. And you have to really listen to what they're saying and their buying cues and their hot buttons. What got them excited? How long have they been looking for a car? What's their experience with Nissan, the brand? Have they owned one before? What have they owned in the past? These all, all these things culminate, build up to that close at the desk. And uh, one of my guys recently sold a truck, a, a used Ram that was $10,000 more with more miles. It had a few new features. Why would a customer spend $10,000 more that on something that has more miles, but a few more features? Because they like the sales guy. His name's Andrew. He's just so lovable. But customers will buy and they'll spend way, way more because they have way more on a guy that they that they have fallen in love with. Right? Yeah. You, th you think you could convince a woman to uh, stay with you for the rest of her natural life unless she loved you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. exactly but she fell in love with you right you On yeah 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 <laughs> but do you think if you met her at wherever you met her and, and you said a trick close you would have closed that deal and, and she would have said yes to your your hand in marriage yeah no <laughs> no it was a build-up right a build-up and then and then you asked her to marry you and she said yes because she she you built so much value in yourself your work ethic you you're good looking you hard worker you you love kids all these things added up to her saying yeah i'm going to marry this man what's the difference in a car sale there is no difference but if you just ask the customer to to marry you or just to buy the car at the desk you're not going to get the yes it's that whole process okay think about you right you 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 met a stranger online me i'm the stranger you paid the stranger without ever meeting him in, in real life, right? Over a few messages. H how did that happen? It's because you saw my content. You, you've listened to my podcast. You've seen so much value in what you're getting from Kyle 
that you literally wired money across the US without ever meeting me. That sounds like a scam to me, right? But it's not because you saw the value. It's no different than extracting money from a customer at the desk. It's the buildup. The important part is the buildup. So when you're closing Middle Eastern people or tough people, you can't close them on the car lot. If they ask what's the out the door, if you spit out a number, you're done. You, you got nothing. Okay. You can't, can you buy a car on the, in the front line at 8 AM when you're walking a lot? No, it, you got to go through that process. Right. And so if you have to go through the process, regardless product presentation, a test drive, building value, why not give it every ounce of energy and power you got? Because if you do those things, when you get to the desk with that middle Eastern, now you can joke around with them. Hey, if we make this deal, you better invite me over for dinner, man. You have been the toughest customer, but iron sharpens iron. Right. And you start saying it and they're laughing. <laughs> yeah, I am a tough, I am a tough negotiator. And they start feeling good about themselves. If you comp try that next time, compliment the Middle Eastern guy on how good he is. And you watch his body melt because not one salesman in the last 20 years has told him that. Try it next time. Or with a tough negotiator. I say that iron sharpens iron so much. And the customer, this is the first thing they do at the desk. Yeah. They're, you know, they're just like. Wow, the sales manager said I'm a good negotiator. All right, what what's next? What do we got to do? It's a payment thing or what? Like they're because you won. won everything, make them feel like they won. And reality is like you're buying the car. So hey, man, like we both win. You felt good. I feel good. That's great. Yeah, you win by taking their money. That's winning the war. You can let them win the battles and the skirmishes, right? Oh, they got a little bit more money off. Oh, they got free floor mats. Those are little battles little skirmishes that they won throughout the process, but you won the war and the fact that you just put them in debt for 84 uh, months. <laughs> they, they get to think about Rick every month for the next 84 months, right? So uh, the negotiating part, remember the marriage thing, right? Your wife, what did it take to get her to say yes to your marriage? It wasn't, you saw her at first sight and you gave her a ring and she said, yes, it was the buildup to that final close. Okay, so remember that with those Middle Eastern guys. Uh, do you have any questions on that part, or did I not cover something? No, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, that's the marriage thing is the one thing that really came out with that. I definitely like that analogy a lot. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, and no matter yeah, what, work with everybody. It'll work with anybody. Like I said, not just Middle Eastern, just anybody that's you know a tough negotiator in general. Yep. Definitely. Yep. Exactly. Um, there, I've I've come to actually like the tougher negotiators um, up here in the Pacific Northwest. We have a more Russian community, and it's no different. You know that they're just people trying to to make sure they don't get ripped off. I'm okay with that, and you can tell them that too. Once you learn to talk with them, like, hey, I get you don't want to get ripped off. Uh, neither do I. You're mm -hmm. just looking for the best deal possible. I can appreciate that. First and foremost, thanks for even coming in and giving me the opportunity, right? And saying things like that lowers that little shield that they got. Actually, sometimes they're big shields, but um, stand your ground, compliment them, learn from them, and remember what their background. Remember where they're from and, and give them some sympathy of how they actually really grew up. I thought I was poor growing up until I heard some stories of these people that came from other countries. I'm like, wow, I look like a millionaire when I grew up with one pair of pants. They had no pants. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, okay, I, I get where you're coming from. Now I know why you're so darn tough. You're you're just, you just, you're tough. So the fight, yeah. I, What's that? They had to fight for everything that they had. 
Exactly. So do you feel a little more sympathy towards them and like, okay, I, I get where they're coming from. Yeah. No, yeah. That's, that's one of the things that like also one of my coworkers, I told him, he's like, you have to understand same thing that you were saying just now, just like, Oh yeah, they, um, they came from nothing and they, they, back in their country, that's what they do. You go to markets, not everything has a price on it. So everything is just like, Oh, I'll give you such and such for you, such and such for that. So they come here and they think that it's kind of like the same. You have to give them, you have to make them feel like it's like that, like it's back yeah. home. Yep. That's it. Yeah. They just got to feel like they're winning and, um, you know, teach their own. All right. So let's see, what else are we talking about? We're talking about selling a car every day um, as a newbie. Okay. So one of the things um, when I was new, it's been so long since I was new, but I can remember every day pretty clearly is all I did when I was new was I relied on ups because my my sales manager at the time, sales managers, they were untalented guys that just knew the owner and somehow got to the sales desk. And these were the guys I had to call my bosses. I respected the position, right? I expected, I, I respected that they were sales managers, but, but they did nothing really to earn my respect as human beings. So when I came to work, I respected um, that position, never talked back did what I was told. I was a, a little grinder out there. and But they only told me how to take ups. They didn't tell me all the other things that a car salesman can do that I had to find out down the road because I was making small paychecks. So first and foremost, um, and you know this, is the huddle. How much does that huddle pay? Zero dollars and zero cents. Yep. So as a new guy, you got to avoid the huddle at all times. Because the huddle will, it, one second of you not focusing on the lot, another salesman's grabbing a customer. It just, it's how it happens. So anytime there's a huddle, you have to look at the huddle as not, it, it's a negative balance uh, area to be in. It's going down. You're not making any money. You're losing money by being in the huddle. So first and foremost, you got to be a lone wolf, Okay. And wolves travel up to 40 miles a day in search of food, in search of prey. They can't eat plants, okay? So uh, when, you're, when you're at work, you got to think of a lone wolf. What does a lone wolf, wolf do all day? He wanders. He's looking. He's, he's trying to get creative of, okay, I thought I smelled something over here, right? So what's a lone wolf do on the, on the floor if he wants to sell a car every day? He's walking the service department. He's walking the body shop. He's walking detail. He's walking the used car side. He's walking the new car side. He's wandering. Because if you're expecting someone to come to you at the showroom, right, it's probably too late. Someone already grabbed him from the side over here, okay? Uh -huh. But if you can catch him on the lot driving through, and you get on their and you get on their driver's side of the car and and wave them down. That's how a wolf is doing it, right? They're out hunting. So first and foremost, stay out of the huddle as a newbie because it's only going to uh, lose you money and it's going to uh, create bad habits. Now, if you've already got kind of a little huddle group because you build relationship at the dealership, it's going to be hard to break up with them. It really is because they're going to slowly gravitate towards you when you're on the lot. You're going to walk over here and watch a lot. And then these people are going to, these sales guys, they don't even realize, but you got a gravity around you. The most successful people have a gravity around them. Okay. So if you're out trying to be successful, you turn around and look, where did, where'd you guys come from? Right. Because they need someone to talk to. So you just got to always be on the move. Okay. Um, a rolling stone gathers no moss. Right. If it's yeah. rolling, it can't get mossy. It stays clean. So you just got to keep moving. Um, 
Another thing to sell a car every day, which my sales manager didn't tell me that, you need to wander. Oh, you can sell a car in the service department? What? I didn't know that. You just told me to stand in front of the showroom and wait for a customer to show up, right? And we didn't get an up today. But 40 customers went through service today and three of them had junkers that were about to break down. There's some opportunity there. I didn't learn that back then, okay? So stuff like that. Do you work your service drive at all? No, not at all. No, until you just mentioned it right now. Like occasionally my boss hands me like, uh, like somebody that might be in service that's bringing in their car for, for service. And he's like, oh, hey, look, we have this customer that has, she's in a 17 Rogue. I like see if she's in service right now. Maybe we could get her into this 2020 rogue and her payment stayed the same. Like we'll talk to her. He'll hand me like the, the papers. But most of the time, the, the small amount of time that he's done that, like it's been without luck. There's, either the person isn't there or for the most part, the person isn't there. It's just, they just pulled it, you know. Do you feel super uncomfortable when he gives you that? Not necessarily. I don't feel uncomfortable because I look at it as an opportunity. I look at everything as an opportunity. But it's kind of like I, when he first gave it to me, I was just like, well, so what is this again? And he's just like, oh, no, this like this customer is in service right now. She's in a 17, whatever. See if we see if we get her off over on this side and see if we could talk to her about maybe putting into a different car because the payments would come up to roughly around the same. So I would the first time it happened, happened I went over to service. I did what he told me to do. She wasn't there. Second time, so same thing wasn't there so it's 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 never it's it's never worked out in my case but like to go willingly over there without the boss telling me to you know something like that and talk to somebody about their car in particular no i've never really done that no yeah so that's a very unique opportunity you have at your dealership because i guarantee you there's not many salesmen taking advantage of that opportunity with with getting those sheets do those sheets have phone numbers on them at all um yeah they do okay so that 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 sheet i would go log it in my system i would uh i would call them text them i would do email them everything you can and say hey i'm rick over here at the nissan store i saw that you're in for service and i want to make sure you got taken care of 100 percent in service i'm also part of the team that gets people into new vehicles okay and you need to word it like hey i'm checking on you how was your service or even when you call I, i'm i'm checking on you i want to make sure everything was was excellent but i'm also part of the team that gets people into new vehicles and usually we get them into their new vehicle at the same payment or very something very similar that's the hook okay in a, in a song the mm -hmm. hook is what gets you to listen to the song again right it's the catchy part yeah so when you're calling somebody and saying yeah i'm thinking um we could probably get you into a same payment or similar payment there's the hook well, what do you mean? Well, I don't have a payment. I paid it off. Well, excellent. Then you have a mountain of equity for the next vehicle. We are dying to get trade-ins, okay? And you're, all you're doing is, is trying to get the hook out there and see who bites on it. You're not going to sell every service customer, but if your manager is getting a bunch of these a day and you're the only one taking them, uh, there's, there, there's your ups for the week. I mean, you've probably got 30 or 40 service customers that you can make contact with. So, Working the service drive, that is your starting point to work in it. Now, I didn't have that, those papers given to me. I would just walk around the service drive and say, hey, I saw you brought your car in for service. My name's Kyle. I'm a new salesman up here. If you ever want to uh, look at a new vehicle, please ask for me. I'm, I'm trying to get, you know, whatever. Whatever you got to say. And every once in a while, you're going to get a customer saying, well, what, what programs do you have right now? You know, what, 
you're going to get someone that's interested and then you grab onto that and you take them up front and you try to sell them a car. It's an, it's simply a numbers game. The more ups and more people you talk to, the more cars you sell, the less people you talk to, the less cars you sell. So, the, so if you're going into work every day, talk to as many people as you can. It doesn't matter where you're getting them because your odds of selling go up, the more customers you talk to. So include the service drive every day. Does your dealership have a, a body shop or oil change area or something different. Yeah. yeah, they have all of that. So there you go. There's even more opportunity. That place sounds like it's busy. Uh, so it, for a new guy, take every up, stay out of the huddle and work all angles of your dealership. The other thing is your, your Instagram, right? I looked at your Instagram. You have three posts on there. Yeah, no, I don't. I have another Instagram, my personal. Okay. Uh, oh, we jump into that. One question I did wanted to ask you about the yeah. TikTok customers as, as possible is uh, what about closing rate in situations like that like yeah the more customers you talk to the more opportunities you get to actually close the sale and so one, of, one of my things that on the last report my closing rate was a little bit down in comparison to the people that are sitting where i'm sitting which my boss calls a park place because it's in the front where all the customers are so my closing rate was down. He tells me, he's like, oh, you, you have, well, like people sitting here have to be at at least 50, 60% close rate. He's like, you're below that. He's like, so you got to work on that. And that was one of the things that I did at that time. I think my closing rate is better now because um, I have gotten a little better at closing. But prior to that, it was really low. And I use that method of talking to as many customers or many up or as many appointments as I possibly can. Closed a handful of them, but my closing rate was low. So yeah. like, how can I remedy that aside from just being a better sales guy? Yeah. So the closer, some dealerships will look at like analytics. Okay. They'll look at how many people you'd look, talk to and, and how many did you close? So this is where you got to talk to your manager about some grace. Like I'm working the service drive. These people aren't here to buy cars. These people are here to get service done. So when I log them in my system, my ratio might go down, but you have to understand what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to increase how many sales. And if you make it, if, if a sales manager makes it only about the closing ratio, then salesmen are just going to log less people because they're, they're scared of getting hammered by the, the, the sales manager. So that's a conversation you might want to have with your sales manager and tell them what you're trying to do. So if he sees a bunch of customers logged and your ratio's down, he needs to know what you're doing. Okay. Because you're trying to make more sales, whether the closing ratio is 50, 40, 30, but you sold 20 cars that month, does that ratio matter anymore? No, man, you sold 20 cars. Your check is $15,000, right? So um, the, the closing ratio will get better the, the, the more quality you spend with the customer. There, there's, like I was saying, there's no magic close at the end. So um, that's up to you on how you 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 do the whole process leading up to the close and getting the, the customers into that desk so you can actually close them. But the, the analytics side of it can deter salesmen from doing extra things because they don't want to show a bad closing ratio. So that's something I would say, talk to my man, to your manager about, is that a fear that you have possibly? Yeah. It's like um, not, a, not necessarily a fear in particular, but it's one of those, like how important is it? Like is yield really like in my last, my prior job, when I was doing telemarketing, yield was an important thing. It determined everything, literally like how much I made on a paycheck. 
here in in car sales it doesn't seem like it's important like yield doesn't seem like it's important like you sold a car you sold the car you sold 10 cars you sold 10 cars so 15 you make money but to get to that you know that number that 15 cars or 20 cars i understand you have to talk to a lot of folk like how important is to a manager the closing right. yield that's what i'd like to like because that's he one of the things he harked on me was that he's like closing is really low okay so what does that mean to you, I guess? Right. So when, when, when my guys, I, I don't necessarily look at closing ratios to what they've logged. That's not something that I, that I put value in is their closing ratio. I put value in, in how much money they're making for the month and how many cars they sell. Because every, every salesman is different. I have a sales guy that can talk to three people and sell one. So what is that? A 66% closing ratio? When I was on the floor, it took me four or five customers to, to sell a car. So what is that? 20 to 25%? That's not the greatest. But how was I making 15 grand a month? It's because I knew what it took for me to sell a car that day. It took me five ups. I didn't care what my closing ratio was. I have to talk to five people because one of them is going to buy a car for me. So personally, I'm not worried too much about the the my sales guys closing ratio because I know they can follow up with these people and that might be a sale in three weeks it might be a sale in two weeks it might be a sale tomorrow um, but I don't know how your sales managers are and how your store runs if that's a very important thing then I would have the conversation with your sales manager and tell them what you're trying to do I'm going to be logging a bunch of people but it's because I'm trying to work the service drive and is that how it works if you log them that's how, that's how they do the percentage of closes or, or how do they know your closing percentage yeah you have to log in log them in so if a customer comes in as what they've been breaded into me is if they sit in your desk log them in okay even to give me a price like you know appraise my car or something like that even if they're not looking for a car like they just wanted to appraisal on the car. Like actually that worked in my benefit on Saturday because the customer came in and they were just looking to appraise their car. They weren't looking for a new car in general. And so then after digging a little bit, like building a little bit of rapport with this customer, like I managed to detect, I logged her in. Like after, even before logging her in, even just introducing myself and talking to her and asking her, what are you looking to do? Like um, one of the yeah. things my bosses told me is to make a general one of the openings is like, what are you looking to accomplish today? That that phrase, like, what are you looking to accomplish today? Gets the customer to open up and tell me exactly. So once they open up, now I have arsenal, now I have ammunition. Like, okay, so you just want an appraisal. So what? any particular reason why you want to give this car away is the 2022 Tacoma. Like, oh, well, payments are high. Aha, oh, now I got it. Like, she she's looking, like, payments. Like, payments are too high. You need to get into a different car, don't you? He's like... Uh, I'm not looking to do anything today. At the end of the day on Saturday, turn into a close and I deliver it tomorrow. Good so, job. Good yeah. job. Like I did that out of, and that was, I can say at the beginning, like naturally that happened. And like, it wasn't, it wasn't done out of, of like, of a, I guess the boss told me to do it type thing. It's kind of like, it kind of like happened like organically at the end of the day. Yeah. So that's that. I got that from that, but yeah, that's um. Back, I forgot what I was. I was my, I was watching thought, but um, that that's that's, that's where it used for. Yeah, that that's where it came from. Yeah, that's called intuition. You de you detected something there, and you asked the right questions and got them to open up. 
the more they talk, the more questions you ask, the more ammo you have to help them close a deal. So you did the right thing by asking that question, what do you want to accomplish, right? That's the best question you can ask. If you would have asked, do you want to buy a car? She would have said what? Like, why? She would have just like, uh, no, not really. Yeah, you know? so you, you asked the right question. Asking that, that direct question doesn't get you anywhere for anybody that's watching. Doesn't get you anywhere. Do you want to buy a car today? The answer is always no. Oh, maybe, or maybe just, maybe I'm thinking about it. Maybe not today, maybe the next day. What are you looking to accomplish today? Yep. Opens literally doors. I've used that ever since I heard my boss told me that like a couple of months back, I've used that and that gets customers to really talk and really express what they actually here to do. Like I said, like, and, and back to you now, remember logging in the customer. Yes, my boss has embedded it into me. Anybody that sits in front of your desk for anything at all, even if it is an appraisal, you log them in. Log them in. So then they go off the closer ratio off of that. So I would just talk with my your manager and tell them I'm going to be logging these service people because I want to do follow up and see if I can get um, some deals out of it. But if it throws off my closing percentage, what what do you want me to do instead? Do you want me to just write down their information or do you want me to log them and let him give direction of what you need to do? But that is a place that you could get a lot of businesses that service drive. OK, so we'll re re recap. No huddle. Like a wolf. Okay, the lone wolf travels 40 miles a day to get food, work the service drive. Uh, you got to promote yourself like crazy online. Online is where it's at. And not just pictures, it's video nowadays. Uh, people are so used to TikTok and these things and the reels and the in the stories that they're used to doing this now um, and looking at a video. And you have to catch their attention in the first two seconds of that video. That is the it's the the span of how if someone determines if they want to continue watching your video or not. You got two second window for them to continue watching or not. So when you're posting on Instagram and Facebook and all that, have something that grabs their attention right away. Um, so that wasn't around when I started, but it's around now. So you have another tool that you can get a car deal every day. The thing also is the will and the drive. You have to go in at you start at eight on morning morning shifts nine o'clock yeah okay nine o'clock you have to go in with the with the thought process of i'm gonna sell a car today i'm not doing nothing but selling a car and i'm not leaving until my boss kicks me out of the dealership because i gotta get a car deal and when you have that mentality it helps with focus because i mean you're gonna get hungry of course you gotta eat recharge but it keeps you focused on the day to, to avoid the distractions you know, staring at your vouchers for 20 minutes, watching YouTube for 20 minutes, checking this for 20 minutes, because that eats away at precious time. Spend that whole shift grinding every day and go home exhausted to that beautiful wife of yours and your beautiful family and tell them that you did everything I could as a newbie to sell a car today. And you probably will. Um, there's a, a gentleman named Earl Witherspoon. He's at 30 cars this month. He just messaged me that I'm, I'm at 30. Okay, that's more than a car a day. And he doesn't have a trick close. It's just grinding every day, grind, grind, grind. But imagine that paycheck, right? And he's done that a few times this year. Uh, so here's the thing about being new, okay? It, you, I'm gonna relate it to, have you ever boxed or did MMA or any kind of, okay, listen to this, okay? If there's a guy that goes to the gym every day and he's been going to the gym 10 years, 
and he you know he hits the bag and he looks tough he's got tattoos he's got all the right things and he tells you yeah i've been going to this gym for 10 years okay what do you automatically think of that guy that fighter oh he's experienced he knows what he's doing he's going to kill you if you pick a fight right yeah but (laughs) but here's what happens just because a salesman's been at a dealership 10 years doesn't mean they have 10 years worth of experience. What happens to good salespeople or potential salesmen is they'll work at a, a dealership for about a year and get pretty good to get to their comfort zone of, yeah, I can live off this money. Okay. And all they do is repeat that 10 times. They repeat that same talent 10 times. So they've been at the car dealership 10 years, but they've only repeated one year's worth of experience because that's they got to this level of, of talent and they've just repeated it year after year. Okay. Magnet. Yeah. So the guy in the gym, now think about this. He's never, he's been going to the gym for 10 years, but he's never sparred once. He's never actually sparred with another human being. He's hit the bag. He looks tough. He's got muscle. And then Rick comes in and he's, that's all he ever does is spar in the gym every day. He's been going to the gym for six months. He's in there sparring every day. So you guys are at the gym the same amount of time a day. You spar six months. He hits the bag every six months. Who's winning the fight? Yeah, the spar is all the time. Yes. So does it really matter how long you've been at a dealership? No. It matters how much you're training in the real life stuff. And the only way you get real life training is by helping everybody you can to level up your character, to level up your talent. When you go toe-to-toe with a customer every day, that's called sparring. When you do when you do product knowledge and things on the lot by yourself, that's just training. That's that's product training. That's things like that. But if you want to get really good as a newbie, get in front of people. And I and I promise you, you'll start selling a car every day. You just got to get in front of people. And remember the gym mentality. That guy goes to the gym for 10 years, but he's only hit the heavy bag. I've been going to the gym six months and I spar every time. That is a warrior, the guy who's sparring versus the 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 trainee guy yeah i look good but that's all i got okay so don't repeat your first six months of success for the next 20 years keep growing keep growing and you'll notice that you will start selling a car every day because your mission i'm not going home without selling a car don't worry about getting off at five worry about selling a car in that that time period okay work your sales not your shift all right we're going a little long but i want to i i'm I want to keep helping you. Okay. The other thing that you, you mentioned was um, confidence. Okay. Just because you know the product doesn't mean you have to tell the customer everything you know, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I mentioned this in, in one of my other one-on-ones. It, how, many, how many bullets does it take to kill a, an elk or a bear if you hit them in the right spot? Just the one. One bullet. But why does a... Why does a um, a guy hunting carry a bunch of bullets. If it only takes one, it's because he's got tools just in case he misses, right? So the more tools you can have as far as product knowledge, you don't need to use them. You just keep them, okay? Keep all that product knowledge in your head, in your tool belt, but don't spurt it out. But having the more tools you have for a project, the more confidence you have in that project, okay? There's nothing that someone can send object you know give you an objection that you can't overcome because you have every tool in the belt you have closing tools you have uh product knowledge tools 
But if you want to build real confidence, I need you to know your inventory and your, your product in and out. And you need to learn your competition's product. Because when the customer comes in, if I can tell you more about the Mercedes they looked at than the sales guy they went over there, because I know their product and I know mine, that's called confidence in myself. Yeah, wh where did you look at? Oh, you looked at the BMW M3? Let me tell you about their car. Let me tell you about my car. Then they're going to buy from you. So you're meeting probably enough customers to sell every day. You just need to get the quality up. And you do that by product knowledge. And that will help your confidence go up too. Start with product knowledge. The experience part will 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 come. Don't don't force yourself to think I should be at this level already. Let it naturally come. But remember to spar every day. Okay. I got uh, it. Let's see. We got that training the gym. I don't know what else you want to talk about. We got um. Well, we're kind of went over about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm like still in tune. Like anymore? Is there anything more? Yeah. Just like. Like I work with a, a bunch of guys. Like I said, to anybody that's listening, Kyle's the man. Like I literally just like surfing like like any podcast after like getting chewed out because I was chewed out for a while. Like, like being the new guy and the boss. Like I I've done others. I've done stuff that I just I don't do anymore. Like one of the things. Uh, oh man, I chewed out a lot. Oh, yeah. uh, I got you that once for customer for letting a letting an up go or something because at the time like oh the customers like oh I'm not like I'm just searching okay no problem bye like right. my first did what did you did you get his information did you get his name his number no he's like no he's like yeah no that's money that's like anybody that's walking in that's how I got embedded in my head it's like anybody that walks in anybody that's sitting here anybody that's looking at cars as soon as you see them walking in they're like tire kicking or whatever, you go up there and talk to them. Even if they're just looking, make sure you grab their information. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Doesn't that since then just like okay, hey, do you mind like hey, do you mind if I um if I uh, if I grab some information from you real quick? And you mentioned too on one of your podcasts, um, I forgot the word that you use. Hi, I'm Rick Pena, as opposed to just saying hey, I'm Rick. Hey, I'm Rick mm -hmm. Pena. They automatically give you your last first and last name right off Re the bat. It's called reciprocity. It's a magical word. That was it. Yeah, reciprocity. I said that to one of my one, one of the newer guys that are there too. He's just like, make sure you use your full name. That way you get their first full their their full name. Hey, I'm Rick Pena. What's your name? Oh, I'm Christian. Whatever. You know, he's just yeah. like, oh, he automatically he's like, you didn't even think about it, did you? He's like, oh no, because you. It was like, yeah, reciprocity. That's what that was the word. Yeah, it works. Yeah. Uh, reciprocity. I learned that word around 2010, 20, 2008 or something, and I've never let it go. It it. It defines when I meet and greet a customer. Hey, I'm Kyle Gloss from Lodi, California. That's where I was born and raised, right? They they mm. can't they can't not say, well, I'm I'm Christian Bale from Hollywood. They can't not say it. And if you yeah. hold their, if when you shake your hand when you say that and you don't let go until they finish, not a not a, a crushing grip, but hey, I'm Kyle yeah. Gloss from Lodi, California, and you hold their hand until they finish, they will finish that sentence. It's reciprocity mm. is a special word. Um, 
it I'm, I'm glad you're listening to the podcast and and just so you know i'm here for you man i i want everyone in this in in the car business to succeed because you know your your sales managers they're probably awesome and there's a, there's a reason why you're there your general managers is awesome but remember they're busy and if you guys need help out there or if rick you want to do this again you just let me know you can message me anytime i'm i'm truly here to help you from the bottom of my heart this is not pretend I'm here to help yeah. people. It's I'm my done. destiny. I got it. No, I, I'm, I'm with it 100%. There's other, there's other podcasts out there that just, just are not realistic at all. Like, just listen to a few of them. Just like, oh, this guy doesn't, you know, he probably knows what he's talking about, but he's a little, when I found you, I was just like, oh, this guy like knows, I, I remember, I forgot which podcast it was that I, I picked up. Um, and I, I remember it was like, the not controlling the customer. It was, um, one of the last ones you did, I forgot, but it was, but uh, I, I heard that when I was like, Hey, Oh, um, sometimes like the customer might be like, he's a, how do you turn a look into a buyer? Oh yeah. That's, that was my first episode. Yeah. That, that, that one, like I, I, I heard that when I was just like, Hey, they, this just happened to me or what's it like? It was a cust like sometimes a customer's not here to buy. Like don't waste, don't, don't give up on a sale. Don't don't give up just because the guy has either subpar credit. Don't give up. We have to grind these guys. We have to grind these guys. Another thing that my boss put into me too, like just because don't don't take yourself out of the sales just because you think that oh this guy his credit score is oh whatever he doesn't have any money. Don't take yourself out of it. You never know who actually has money. You don't know where he might pull it from. He might have somebody that might co-sign for him. Like it has happened. Exactly what you say has happened, and that's what yeah. got me. The boss gave me an earful because of that because i was just like i already checked out of this guy so like oh this guy doesn't have money he's like oh and he looked at me he goes like oh okay like I'm like oh I, I came back to i, I touched that room i was like oh so this guy he's uh he's looking around for trucks he's not like he's not really serious about buying like he's looking for a discount so, so what do you want me to do with him and he just looks at me he's just like what do you want what do you want what do you mean what do you want me to do with him he's just like yeah and then i made a mistake you want me to kick him out and he's just like, and he's just like, well, if you kick him out, then you're going to go with him. And I was just like, uh, he's like, you want to go with him? And I was just like, no. And he's just like, you got to work them. You got to work them. He's like, doesn't matter what they're here to say. It does not matter what he's telling you. It's just noise. That's what you can say. It's just noise. It's just noise. Focus on what he's looking for. Hit those hot buttons on what yeah. the customer hit those hot buttons because you never know what he's going to say. He's telling you one thing. Again, it's just noise. doesn't mean anything. Just block it out and hear what he's like. His hot buttons are and touch on that. That's it. Yeah. And after that, I started looking for podcasts, found yours. And there was an episode that I had to do exactly with, exactly with what you were talking about. <laughs> and I was just like, and it's exactly what my boss was telling me. He was just like, and then I, I sent it back to him. I was just like, is this what you're talking about? And he was just like, absolutely. Like this guy, like, who is this guy? And I was like, oh, that's, he's, he's the guy I found on, on, on Spotify that I'm listening to. He's like, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. And now he's sending me stuff from you. Like, he's like, like, did you hear this one? Did you hear that song? And that's how I kept going. I was just like, oh yeah, I heard that. And I, I've listened to everything. So the point, awesome. the, last, the last podcast, I was like, hey, when, where, where are you, season four at this point? And he was like, when is season four coming? <laughs> yeah i gotta finish season three i do a lot man i i work uh 260 hours a, a month 
and I'm raising a family and I do the podcast, I do videos, I do TikTok, but it's my passion. I absolutely am in love with the car business and it didn't happen right away, but now I truly am in love with it because like you said, not many places we can go to make big money, right? Um, so I, I, I'm telling you, as a sales guy, I've, I've done it. Like I've, I even said it earlier, like I've spoken to a couple of old buddies that I used to work at at my old, at my old, uh, uh, my old job. I was like, you still doing that? He's like, yeah, I'm still doing that. He's like, dude, just car sales, car sales. And the first thing that comes out of their mouth is just like, like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know jack about cars. He's like, do you think I know anything about cars? I just, I just know they have four wheels and they go. <laughs> That's all I know. I don't like, like, I don't know horsepower. I don't know any of that stuff. He's like, you, but you'll learn. I'm like, you'll learn it. Like as, as you go in there and you start getting involved in it, like in the park also, you get to drive a whole bunch of nice cars, man. Yeah, like, it's so awesome. Like, like you then you start realizing which car works best for you like which car matches your personality that's another extra perk aside from the money that you get you get to drive cars you get to be around cool people too because i like i met like these guys now like at first it was a little like not shy but i was kind of like like you know let me fit in here like i hope i could fit in here like because i came from two another dealership the first dealership and eh, i didn't really fit in that well and then i was just and then i went to this new one because it was closer to home and then these guys are like, now I come in and I feel like, like I'm part of the team, part of their family. Now they, now they see me like they, like they, and before I was a little skeptical, too, I was like, oh man, like, like, am I doing this wrong? And is this right for me? I'm like, but it I, is. Like, I'm at 10 cars now, once and over. And I, I don't know, I don't know what's a good thing, but like right now, like I already did my, 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 my bill. I already know, I know what my commission check is like. Yeah. Uh, double digits. Always remember double digits. If you can sell 10, great. If you can sell 99, just get into the double digits every time, every month. Yes. A hundred percent. I come in there every, every, every time that I have to come into work right before coming into work. And I'm always the first guy there. If I'm not the first guy, I'm always the second guy. Nice. Um, but um, first thing, like as, when I'm in the car, while I'm in the car, I listen to you to get a little pumped up. And then I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to work. I'm going to get two today. I'm going to get two today, or I'm going to at least get one. I'm going to at least get one. Who do I have to speak to today? Oh, did I speak to this person? Uh, I'm going to see if I can get this person to come in today, and then I'm going to see if I can take it up. I'm like, oh, today's I'm working bell to bell. I'm definitely getting one. I'm at least getting one today. So that's always where my mentality is. I'm like, yeah, you have, right. to keep, you have to keep that flow going in your head. You have to, like, stay in it. Like, if you come in and you're just, like, like stagnant, oh, I sold seven cars today. I made $3,000. I'm happy with that now. I keep going. No, just there's money to be made, but would you stop there? Why would you stop yeah. there? There's money. That's what's all this. That's what's, your, uh, what's your manager's name? Uh, Lenny. Lenny, tell Lenny, tell Lenny I said hi. <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> hey, and he's, he's going to, we have two dealerships. We have one, uh, it's an Able Off Nissan, which is where I work. And there's an Able Off GNC, and that's the one down the road. Lenny's gonna get transferred by the end of this month. He's going, to go, he's going to be general manager there. Nate is the one that that's always harking at me, like it was was always harking at me. Nate, he sends me text messages now. He's like, listen, I'm like, it's not personal. It's never personal. He's like, I just see something in you. Like I've developed so many. He's been in the car business. I've been doing it for like over twenty plus years, or something. And he's like, he's, he's like, I see something in you. He's like, I'll do this because like, I see something in you. Like, you like, I'm going to turn you into a six figure guy by the end of the year. Like, I promise you that just nice. still stay dialed into me, stay dialed into me. And they're like, like I said, most of the stuff that he says, I hear you say, there's another general manager too. He's, he's getting promoted. And, um, 
uh, Jeff. Well, Jeff. Jeff's another one too. Jeff is nice. well, Jeff. Everybody's just great. Like I don't yeah. have fellowship where I was working Mazda. Again, I didn't, I didn't fit in really well there. Didn't work out. Yeah, but, you're, you're more talented than them. That's why. Um, and the fact that again, the, the fact that you are reaching out after hours training tells me a lot about your character and you do have star power and you got to listen to that manager. He's telling the truth. So uh, tell them all I said, hi. And we went a little overboard or over time, but I'm very happy. I got to do this with you, Rick. And you message me anytime you need and we'll, uh, we'll hook back up. I'm going to post this on, on YouTube and I'll get you a link so you can recap anytime you want, but I'm proud of you, man. And, and uh, just keep doing what you're doing and working hard. Everything. uh, One of the things I'll I'll leave you with this, because I tell my sales guys this, your wife is probably the most important person in your life, right? Of course, if you have kids, things like that. You know what a GoPro camera is? Yeah, I have one. Okay, so I want you to pretend when you go to work every day that there's a an invisible GoPro floating at you and your wife is watching you. She's watching her husband go to battle every day. Make that woman proud, man, because they're, they're our anchor. I'm, I've been married 20 years this month. They're, she is my anchor. And if I think there's a camera on me, I'm on my best behavior and I'm working hard. So, so tomorrow, or the next time you're at the dealership, think about that invisible GoPro. Think about the guy at the gym and uh, the guy at the gym that has been there 10 years, but it's never sparred. Think about the lone wolf and think about what it took to get that woman to say yes to you to marriage, right? It's the culmination. Same thing with a customer. All right, Rick. Thank you. I appreciate you, Kyle. All right. Thing. I appreciate everything. And I will let you know what's going on with me also as time goes on. Sounds good, thank bud. Thank you. Thank you, sir. You take care. All right.